Oh, it's me. Ah, there's so much information available at the finger, our fingertips. We're hit with ideas, buzzwords, headlines, theories, countless times a day. This is our attempt to dive a little deeper so complex topics become easier to understand. And our world becomes a little bit clearer. We'll tell you less. So you understand more. I'm Mallory. And I am Maggie. And today we're talking about greenwashing. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know if that's the appropriate sound for this episode, but greenwashing. Yes. Yeah. Here's what I think greenwashing is. Greenwashing is when companies or brands claim to be to have environmentally friendly practices, but maybe aren't. Like they present their products as being quote unquote green when maybe in reality they're not. Yeah, I mean, I guess we don't have to do an episode. You nailed it. Is that really it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes and no. Um, so, yes, in the bare minimum sense, um, greenwashing is providing the um, public or investors with misleading or outright false information about the environmental impact on a company's products or operations. So, key takeaways there, false information about the fa- the environmental impact of their products or how they're doing it, how they're operating. It's also when a company attempts to emphasize sustainable aspects of their product that and over that over to overshadow a company's involvement in environmentally damaging practices. Okay. So like for example, if a company that like for example, like a palm tree, palm oil company is like producing a bunch of carbon emissions but they have a general practice another product that is economic like is eco-friendly they probably are if they're doing greenwashing they're touting the um the the eco-friendly practices and just pretending the other stuff doesn't happen Mm. um but so there's lots of different different definitions everywhere um some go a little bit more strict. Some go a little bit more loose. Yeah. It kind of depends on, like, if you're an environmental activist versus writing an article versus a corporation writing an article. It runs the gamut because it is, um, it's kind of politicized. Do you know when the term greenwashing came about? Yeah. Oh, my God. So the term was actually coined by an environmentalist named Jay Westerveld, if I'm saying his name right. In a 1986 essay. Wow. Yeah. And what he was doing was calling out the hotel industry for promoting the use of reusing towels as an environmental strategy um, when it was actually just a cost-saving measure. So they were like, hey, Mm. we need to reduce costs. Let's let's try and get people to reuse their towels. How do we get them to do that? By saying it's it's eco-friendly. Was it not eco-friendly? It is eco-friendly, but that wasn't the source of their reasoning for it so that's where it gets a little bit tricky right we'll talk about it's like a a little bit of controversy so we'll kind of get into some conversation later but greenwashing is also so we're clear white is a play on whitewashing which is using false information to intentionally hide wrongdoing error or an unpleasant situation in in an attempt to make it seem less bad so greenwashing whitewashing trying to cover something up yeah yeah um so examples of greenwashing, or I'll give one example of greenwashing, which I think we probably all are aware of, is the Volkswagen scandal. I don't know if you remember that from a couple years ago. Vaguely. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize, I mean, I heard about it in the news, yeah. 
I didn't really understand what it was. I knew that did some really shitty stuff. But so what happened was Volkswagen admitted to fitting cars with software that was designed so that when they went to get their emissions test, it recognized it and they altered the car's performance to reduce the emission level during the test only. Oh, that is tricky. Isn't that shady? Yeah. Super shady. Like the like company wide, like this was going on. Letters like had known about it. Um, and this was all happening while they were marketing low emissions, eco-friendly features, when in actuality, their engines were emitting up to 40 times the allowed limit, mm. which is nuts. Okay. Yeah, that is nuts. To me, that's like a an illegal business practice. I agree. 100%. We're like, greenwashing to me is like a shady marketing practice. Yes. So I think that's where greenwashing is a little bit different because it's like a broad, it could be a catch-all. And that's where it's a little bit, that's why I I think it's so controversial oftentimes because it is so, like, it could be used for fear-mongering or shaming, but it could also be like, this is really bad practices and we're putting it under there. Right. Um, This is a common example that is identified as greenwashing, um, but I agree. It's just really poor business practices. Yeah. you're ruining your credibility for consumers, right? Right, right. So um, the EPA found that. But interestingly, which I didn't know, is that GM GM was busted for something similar because their Cadillacs were built um, to turn off the pollution controls when the air conditioning was on. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Like and certain models of it. So it's yeah. just really, like, it makes you really question business. <laughs> In some capacity, in some capacity. I'm just like, to me, I'm like, that is a serious, like, lie that you are telling people. Yeah. And it feels very illegal. Right. Whereas, I'm like, that's not greenwashing. That's just like a deceitful, like, you're just lying and stealing. Fraud, yeah. It's fraud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Right. Um... So since, when did I say, 1986, that essay came out, greenwashing has been kind of in and out of our vernacular. Um, it's been building in momentum. Um, the term has been was at an all-time high, actually, I think I looked at the last 10 years, for Google searches um, in November of last year because that's when the COP27 um, Conference of Parties 27 was in yeah. last November and a report that was published slammed greenwashing. So it was an official statement saying corporations, hey, you cannot be doing this anymore. You're doing it at the detriment of us trying to achieve our climate objectives. Got it. Okay. Um, so in this report. And this is a UN report? Yeah. Okay. UN. Um, and so this report gave companies like non non-state actors so organizations states cities um a little bit more guidance on what they should and should not be doing in terms of marketing practices or trying to attract consumers or money based on their their green initiatives it's an interesting question like how far can you deceive a customer yeah because like marketing is just you're trying to get them to make a decision and you want that decision to benefit your company so like when does it come Greenwashing. Yeah. When does it become just marketing versus greenwashing? Because marketing plays up on what the consumer wants. Yeah. Like because it's a signal. They know that right. that somebody is interested in that particular thing. Like how are they 
like how do you how do you know the difference and green marketing we'll talk about it later on but there is such thing as greenwashing but there's also green marketing so how do you differentiate the two what is green marketing we'll get into that okay <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard such an excited okay <laughs> um so a couple of things that the COP27 report noted is that according to experts, um, companies, states, cities cannot claim to be net zero while continuing to build or invest in new fossil fuel supply or any kind of environmentally destructive activities. Does that mean you can't use offsets? They didn't, I didn't read specifically, I'll link it in the show notes, you can read through it, okay. but there is very, there's a ton of activists and organizations that don't believe offsetting is the pro- the right approach. Right. Yes. So it it this this statement to me is really controversial because it's like invest in new fossil fuel in fuel fossil fuel supply and any environmentally destructive activities. But in actuality almost everything is environmentally destructive activity. So at what point do the right. scales tip? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, they also said that they can't. Um, organizations can't lobby or have their partners lobby against um, for activities against climate change if they're saying that they are a sustainable organization. So no lobbying for the the Keystone Pipeline. Oh, I freaking love that. If you're a sustainable organization. But this isn't a law. This is a this guidance. The guidance on what we think you should do. Yeah. Um, is it geared toward the U.S. or is it geared toward... It's global. It's global. Yeah. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. That sounds great. I don't know if it's realistic. Right. That's the question of it. Okay. So then it also says that you can't just report on part of your assets um, while hiding the rest of them. So if you have one organization that's really sustainable, but you don't talk about the other one, because all the reporting right now for corporations, for the mo- not all of it, but for the most part, is voluntary. So like organizations are making pledges to climate climate zero, net zero um, emissions, um, but they are doing that are on their own volition. So there's like this weird back and forth, like the UN is providing guidance, but there's nothing that's actually holding these organizations accountable. Right. And so now it's private regulation that's creating it. While the SEC has some regulations out there right. or that they're looking at for disclosures, a lot of influence is coming from private organizations doing the regulation. Um, and then, so in essence, these are intended to provide guidelines for clarity for non-state actors because there's not one defined governing board okay makes sense yeah okay so why does this matter to you guys like why are you we well, like talking how, about greenwashing yeah i'm like how how is someone supposed to know what the claims that companies make to the extent of their truth right like if you're like we're eco-friendly yeah. or we're sustainable there's a lot of different languages used yeah so then, then how do you know I'll give how you to discern pointers great yeah So why this matters is because businesses are taking advantage of consumers and investors that want to use their money to support organizations that are reducing environmental impact. Like they say you vote with your dollars, right? Like a consumer's power is in what they, what they purchase and what they buy or what they invest in. So there's ESG ratings for, um, stocks and indexes. So people, if they're investing there, they want to, they want to ensure that they're investing in what they're, they want. Right. There's a reason why a lot of eco-friendly products are more expensive. Yeah. Because they know that those lo- who will 
who that is important to that consumer will spend the money to do it. Yep. Yep. And that's why people, why organizations are doing it is because they know that there's a market. Exactly. Yeah. They know there's money in it. They, they know that there's going to be money coming towards them if they can market it in the, that manner. Okay. So how do I know? So green marketing. Yes. We're going to get to that one first. Okay. Um, so green marketing is highlighting the environmentally friendly po- policies, initiatives, products, and services that are m- more beneficial or at least less harmful to the environment than any other products. So you're using your, like, if you volunteer in local communities, if you, um, if your product is carbon neutral packaging, if you have completely recyclable or compostable products, like if you're differentiating, you're differentiating your product based on those things, but the difference is, is green marketing is authentic and verifi- verifiable, where greenwashing is misleading and outright false information. And the problem, though, is a consumer on a surface level might not be able to tell right. which is which. Because that was like, green marketing is extremely important. Right. Like, companies should talk about what they're doing yeah. and should advertise what they're doing if it's true. Yeah. Um, I'll get to some tips at the end of the episode on like how you can differentiate, like how you can validate if it's green marketing, if they're actually true and authentic as to what they're saying they're doing versus greenwashing. Okay. Um, But then, so exactly to your point, this is what, this is the part that I think is controversial um, is that I think that greenwashing and using it as a fear tactic or a shame tactic is um, is really detrimental to the progress for climate change. What is an example of that? So, um, somebody fear like causing shame because of greenwashing. Yeah, like using greenwashing to cause shame. So, in my, I'll give an example. So okay. I work in business travel. Yeah, and so organizations use business travel one to generate revenue to generate sales like for team building for consulting organizations in particular it's really important because they go on site um and so there's a lot of shame now in taking flights and people shaming and using saying you cannot fly because that's you're risking the climate like you're you are at risk of you're not you're not taking it seriously. You're, people are being, I think it's called fly shaming, shame flying or something like that, fly, fly, shaming people that are flying. And so how I think this is a detriment to progress is because either people aren't going to, um, people are, aren't going to do the activity themselves and then it kind of hinders. I think some people will stop and change their behavior, but I think that other people, other organizations will just won't admit to it. And so mm. there's this new thing called green hushing stop yeah so then rather than incorporating sustainability claims um or climate commitments into their marketing messages some brands are just refraining from any kind of green communication for fear of being called out see i think that's troubling yeah i think you've got to talk about it yeah and you've got to be able to say what here's what we're doing here's what we're not doing right Mm. and be able to substantiate it yeah so or talk about your intentions what you want to do or what's important even if it's not in practice yet well like 
And I think that's part of what the UN thing was saying is like, y- you can say you have intentions, but you need to actually have a plan to back it up. That, sure. That yeah. makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I think where it gets really risky is like, I was reading this article while doing this and this person was shaming Starbucks because they said in 2018, Starbucks introduced their strawless lids, promoting sustainability by eliminating straws. I think that sounds great. But however, they were shaming them because it found that the lids contained more plastic than the lids and the straw combined. But like that is the like they're looking for that person that's calling them out is looking for perfection and not progress. Right. Well, you're talking about breaking a habit of wanting or needing a straw. Yeah. Which could have a bigger impact. I just think. Yeah. The straw, like I get a visual of a turtle with a straw up its nose where people are taking a plier and pulling it out. It's like we have to take that in consideration too. Like it's true. <laughs> they get stuck. Like I have a straw in my drink. <laughs> She's got Starbucks. Yeah, and an effort to be transparent. I have Starbucks <laughs> and I have the lid in the straw. <laughs> and I work in sustainability. <laughs> <laughs> to be completely clear. But where no one's perfect. No, but that's what I'm saying is like if we keep on trying to shame people for not being perfect, like we're going to we're going to lose out on progress because everybody is going to be so overwhelmed that they can't do it perfectly all at once. Like organizations with 100,000 employees can't move overnight. They have to move the ship slowly and you have to educate consumers and you have to mm. think about all these other things that I think a lot of times people don't consider when they start greenwats like claiming greenwashing. Right. So Starbucks example is an interesting one though because then it's like well Starbucks did you know it took more plastic did like was that as you were designing the product or looking at designs for purchasing like how was shouldn't that have been a consideration so to me I was like was is that an intentional or was the goal just to get rid of straws it wasn't about saving plastic it was around straws yeah that's the thing is like we don't I don't know what the tactic was but in my head it's like you can't think of every single variable if their goal was like hey let's get rid of this piece of plastic that is known to have is damaging for wildlife let's figure out how we get rid of those like what if that was their first step and the next step is like how do we create biodegradable cups like yeah yeah I could see it being a phased approach because of course yeah clearly people like their straws (laughs) <laughs> I do like my straws. I do. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> so like. And another, so this is another interesting of the pursuit of perfection or no, this is a good example of the sun, like all the variables and understanding the different aspects of it. So for example, nuclear energy like I was reading this article on greenwashing yeah and this article called out Westinghouse as the original greenwasher because they promoted nuclear energy as a source of clean air energy they were saying that was wrong nuclear energy is to the detriment of the planet we shouldn't be doing it it's going to cause a bunch of nuclear waste this was in 2016 in 2022 the United Nations IPCC so Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released a report that includes nuclear energy in its path to net zero. So like things do change. And yeah. like, I think that's a consideration. Like, I feel like that's a good example of like, we can't just say renewables are on the only way. Like this is, has to be, the energy transition has to be a just and sustainable transition. Right. Who, who are the biggest 
or I should say the loudest criticizers of companies like who 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 are the ones that are yelling hey you're greenwashing you're greenwashing environmentalists okay so like different environmental groups Mm -hmm. and individuals I mean there's people that are passionate in my organization that think that if we don't whatever we do or whatever we don't do if it's not to what they think it should be then right it's greenwashing but but I deal with that in the sense that like we have to think about it in the term of like are we being hypocritical are we are we actually truly following through on what we're saying we're doing yes we're not being hypocritical right are there so I was like trying to compare or think of a comparison but um when a food product is gluten-free, there's a little stamp that's like certified gluten-free, certified yep. vegan, you know? Is there a certified green? Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Good segue. So how does spot planned? greenwashing versus green marketing? I've got three pointers. Okay. First, look for false claims or vague language. So, and not enough enough of not enough evidence to back up the claim. So products is being described as eco-friendly, but only certain green um, ingredients fall into that category. So mm. if it's just broadly eco-friendly, that's pretty vague. So pay attention to what it looks like and what's being said. I feel like there's a visual aesthetic that goes with green products. Yeah. That that companies can play up when the product isn't necessarily green. Yes. Yes. Like if it looks generically green, I would say. Right. Yeah. Um, check for certification. So mm-hmm. Rainforest Alliance, I'll actually go through a few of these. So Rainforest Alliance is good for agricultural products, including herbs, spices, forestry, um, as well as the tourism business. So that's a good one to look for. It's interesting with these certifications, you kind of have to know which one they're targeting because there's not necessarily an all-inclusive except for the one that I've been trying to target more for purchases is B Corps. Yep. Yeah. So businesses that display high standards of social and environmental behavior, there's the B Corp certification, um, fair trade certified, uh, meaning that the cost of the labor is fair for the market that it's in. Um, and Leaping Bunny cruelty free, cruelty free products, which is more appropriate for personal care, pay, personal care, cosmetics, household products. And I don't know how to say this one exactly, but it's I've seen the logo Odo. Odeo text. <laughs> it's, I'm going to spell that. O-E-D-O slash text. T-E-X. Um, this is for um, products in the textile industry that are made entirely without harmful substances. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So there's a bunch that you can look for. So look for certifications like Mallory alluded to. And then consider what you're not being told. I love this one. Ooh. Because you just kind of have, like, there's a lot of common sense that goes into this, right? Like, if you just sit there and, like, take a few more minutes to consider it, like, the ingredients might be sustainably sourced, but if it comes from, if it, like, if you get a smoothie and it says the ingredients are sustainably sourced, but if it comes in a styrofoam cup, it's not sustainable. Like, that's just logic, right? right? Um, Don't use styrofoam cups. Yeah, right. I do agree with that. Um, and then look at where it comes from. So for example, we just talked about this in my world politics class. Um, so pears, like there was this whole, I think it was either TikTok trend, but there was a, a, a can of pears and it said the pears were grown in Argentina. Then they were packed in Thailand and then sold in the United States. Mm. So like if you think about that supply chain, it's literally being grown in South America. Then you have to go all the way across the ocean 
to Thailand for it to get packed, and then it comes back to the United States. Do you know how many emissions that would take? A lot. So it's just kind of like consider those things, where it comes from, what the packaging looks like, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Do you know now? Greenwashing versus green marketing? Yeah. Greenwashing is a misleading claim about sustainable practices, and green marketing is talking about your sustainable and environmental practices and that are not, actually true that are actually true <laughs> so green marketing is the right way and greenwashing is when you lie liars liars cool yeah all right well thank you for joining us as we try to learn more about this world You can find all of our resources linked in the show notes. We're not experts, but we try to learn from there. If you have a topic you'd like to learn more about, let us know on Instagram at Tell Me Less Podcast. Until next time. Don't be a liar. Be a smart consumer. Mm